Signing in as John DeClaire, I guess. Hey, John. What up? What's happening? Nicolin is arriving. Oh, yeah. Hello. Hey, Nick Haynes. How's it going? Good, guys. What's happening? Oh, you know. <laughs> same old, same old in quarantine. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Um, how is the audio? What up, Nick? Hey, John. John, can you hear everybody okay? Yeah, I can hear you guys fine. I can hear everyone fine. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, wow. Welcome back to Between the Stokes with Billy Ritter and John Mizzou. Welcome back. This is the first one, dude. Oh, that's right. It is. <laughs> um, well, welcome back to the first one ever, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the scenes of the behind the between yeah, the stokes. Because if like all time exists simultaneously, this already happened. It does, actually. So So the Derek one already happened and it's happening right now and it will happen at some point. That's right. That's right. Right? Yeah. Time wow. is vertical. It's yes. happening right now. Apps apps absolutely. Here in quarantine <laughs> where I mean besides what day is it anyway, right? Today is a Friday, glorious. Yeah beautiful good friday yeah all fridays are good i think i mean generally fridays are good yeah the good friday actually already passed in the catholicism i think we already did that one but right it's still yeah intrinsically always good i i thought it's like sunday oftentimes is actually sunny have you ever noticed that or is it just me sunny yeah on sunday they're sunny well it is ruled by the sun true that so you know it is the day of the sun sun god raw I love that one <laughs> I just I like had it. a timer for something go bonkers I'm sorry about that bonkers yeah, I don't know if you heard that in the recording or not exactly. what is so maybe we should just kind of get rolling on this so, yeah Nick um we have time limit of one yeah, we hour. Do. We do. And we're uh, a couple minutes in. Nick, where are you at right now? I'm currently home in Wilmington, Ohio. Ooh, that is a very good segue into the show. Billy Ritter. I like it. Just jump into it. Where? <laughs> John, where are you at right now? Right now, I'm upstairs in the studio of Brinsley's Institute, Ravenna, Ohio. Uh-huh. And I'm in my studio in downtown Cleveland, Ohio. So we're kind of sprinkled all about the Ohio. We are connected at the same time yeah. now. Through this, through the digital interface of the world. So, insane. Nick, we wanted to just kind of hang out with you for an hour and talk and yeah. catch up and see. Get to know yeah, you. Because, like, John, like right now, we're, we're really between the stokes, aren't we? It is the longest between the Stoke, possibly in the history. Yeah, absolutely. I'll say I'll second that. Because we started firing the kiln around 2012, and we've been regularly firing it every three to six months. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But the last firing was March, and depending on the situation, it could be months. Yeah. So if it passes maybe six months, it might be our record. That would be the longest between the Stokes ever. Yeah. Which hopefully we don't have to see that happen. Yeah. yeah. They do say 18 months to the vaccine, but let's see about yeah. that. There is a way to fire without contacting anyone, I think. What does that look like? Yeah. <laughs> wood fire without. You stoke six feet apart each other, so maybe two to three people on a shift. Uh huh. And you have to schedule everything and everyone has to follow in this rhythmic sort of way that's constantly kind of connecting through digital, you know, media. Another question I have. I think it's possible. Like, What about the loading? You could talk on the phone while you're stoking, you know, and then. Yeah, Nick, what were you going to say? What about the what? What about what about the loading? You know, that's so interesting. Yeah, that's the hardest yeah. part. Is the loading. loading is the tricky part. 
yeah, unloading. It's so much. It's so intimate, and you're so in, like kept in close quarters, handing work to people. Yeah. You know, bricks. You know, breaking up the door, all that stuff. Yeah. More than two. Yeah. So that'll be, you know, do we wear masks and gloves and, you know, that protective equipment, you know? This yeah. is a historical first-hand document of what's happening. Effect of coronavirus hits the earth. <laughs> and how it's people are gonna listen to this podcast. This is like historical evidence, firsthand. Right. We are talking about how to load a kiln. Yeah, well, I mean, how how would you do it? Yeah, that's just... very like orderly, I guess. Yeah, and slow. Yeah, very slow. In sync. Yeah. Did anyone watch the NFL draft last night? No, but I heard it was like the. It was on the phone. Yeah. Kind of like everyone's like video. Conferencing at the same time、wow. took forever, <laughs> but it is possible, you know, virtually. Sure, it's right. It's going to be different. It's just going to be slower. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's possible. But then also, you know, speaking of the NFL draft, you know, how are they going to play football? They can't. <laughs> no, socially distant. So you have to. You would have to just. Once you got with six, like within six feet of somebody, they would just be tackled. Like, <laughs> like you wouldn't touch them; you would just be within six feet. It's like no touch football.、Them. That'd be awesome. It's like visual no football. Visual no touch football. <laughs> Everyone's wearing masks. Yeah. yeah, that would never work because I don't know about you, but I can't even go grocery <laughs> shopping with one of these masks on because it's like. You're just inhaling carbon monoxide the whole time. Yeah, sorry, it's gross. Your own bad breath. Yeah. You.、Yeah. And if you didn't brush your teeth and you put that mask on, oh man, you're about、uh, to really、uh, get to know your breath intimately. Yes, intimate, like self-breathing, self-kissing. Yeah. <laughs> But seriously, like wear a mask and go for a hike, and like halfway through it, you'll just take it off because you you can't breathe. I think that's the first thing you need to come up with masks that that you can actually breathe through, but that filter particles. I mean, Darth Vader had one. What the hell? <laughs> he did. He did. He he also had a life support system that also kind of contributed to his breathing. But I'm not going to go too into my my nerdness. Yeah,、moment. that's a whole nother show. <laughs> that's a whole other. Between this show, we don't <laughs> want to unpack Darth Vader. We'll be here forever. So, <laughs>、oh、so what's what's、yeah. the next move?、Um, you know, Nick, we we brought you on here, and John and I were talking about this. And when we talked to、uh, Derek last week, this the story was really clear. Like we remembered really clearly when we met Derek. All well, at least、oh. we, you know. So <laughs> I said to John yesterday, I was like. I don't. I don't really rem- have a first memory of Nick, and I'm trying to remember back. Do you remember when you first met Nick? Yeah.、And、so, John, what did you say? I think I met you, Nick, in this barn, the small studio,、mm-hmm. and I was mixing some kind of glaze, and you walked in with a backpack or something, and. <laughs> You froze. You stepped into the studio. I was already in the studio, and you stepped in. It might be vice versa. I might stepped in the studio, and you were already in the studio. Anyway, it was a downstairs studio, and I met, and I said hi or something, and then you froze. <laughs> you stared at me for like five seconds, like a little bit too long to be comfortable. You know that that limit. <laughs> Like you made like, like this very intense eye contact, yeah, and you like... stared into my soul or something, and I was like, <laughs> "Who is this person?" And I just said hi, and you kind of like froze. That was my first moment I saw you. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, you came you came in, and I was I was doing something, and you came into that studio, and I, I just I looked right dead in your eyes, and I cannot for the life of me remember what was going through my head. Probably. Like, 
wow, I've never seen this guy. Who is he? Like That was one of the firings. I don't even know the season, a year. It was the summer of uh, summer of 2015. It was a summer firing. Yeah. So Nick, was that the new kiln or the old kiln? Um, I was a part of one or two firings of the old kiln, and uh-huh. then yeah, and then the new. So, so I'm curious, Nick. Do you remember when we met? Was it at the old kiln? It had to have been. Yeah, it was at the old kiln too. I forget which summer firing it was, but you came. And yeah, that's when we met. Nice. Yeah. You don't recall a story like that where I intensely stared into your eyes or <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think the first time we walked up. You know, it could have been when we were loading or or during the firing. I forget, because there was a there was a firing or two in the beginning. I think um where like you you kind of came out after you weren't necessarily there for all of the loading or at least when i was there but then you came during the firing and you probably had work in it um and everyone was like yeah this guy billy's coming it was like billy billy you i've never met this guy before billy ritter and um i think john um schwartz actually talked about you and he might have even introduced us um yeah and um yeah i think that's what happened right on. we met during during a firing yeah it's all coming back to me now that's awesome so since then yeah. it seems like so much time has passed that really it's been like what like five or six years maybe yeah almost five years hmm, crazy this summer yeah this summer will be five years wow that's great that's super great. So, you know, where does that put us since then? How many firings? How many? Between five years? Yeah, that summer and now. 2015? Yeah. Because we've done like what? 15 firings? Um, and how many firings in the new kiln now? 20. What is the new kiln? I gotta look at the logbook. Yeah. I can wait. You guys keep on talking. I'll get the logbook. Okay. Huh. Well, I, I know that we just came up on 51, I think. 51. 51. Yeah. But I mean, that's like cumulatively between both kilns. Right. And I think it was the 31st or 33rd firing was the last firing of the old. Uh huh. Okay. Well. That's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Don's grabbing the book. Nick, what's um, happening in your part of the world? Um, you know, I, it's, it's been kind of quiet here, you know. Um, Kaylee's going to work. I'm working from home. Uh, she's having to go in now, um, but hopefully that's not permanent. Um, you know, I'm teaching virtually, you know, adjusting to that and coming up with assignments to you know, give students virtually, which has been interesting. And working in the studio, um, just finished up some bowls and I've got some plates to do and finishing up uh, some sculptural vessels and hopefully starting some more here soon. Oh, that's great. So, we've also getting uh, our garden going a little bit. We started some stuff in like our little indoor sort of uh, garden house thing. So started some plants. John, John, are you okay? I need the other one also. There's like two two of these binders. <laughs> wow. So um Let's talk about now. So, like, let's talk about now and into the future. Right. So, Nick, like, you're working at home, um, and you're making clay stuff at home? Yeah. I have a, set up a basement studio uh, back when we first moved in um, and kind of got that set up in the fall um, and have been working in there ever since. That's been cool. Yeah. So, do you have a kiln at home or no? 
No, I'm. Uh, I don't have a kiln at home. Although uh, right next door, I live. Um, I live next door to my parents, and my mom has two kilns, two electric kilns, a very, a very large oval kiln, and uh, a smaller um, kiln that she acquired. Okay. Um, and yeah. Whoa. So far, I've been um, using her kiln to fit my work in, and. Um, you know, I'm starting to think about how I can use the electric kiln um, to my advantage and, you know, maybe use some different glazes, you know, oxidation, um, kind of cone six sort of range. Yeah. Um, although I would prefer wood firing or even having a gas kiln, but I don't, you know, have access to those kind of things. So I'm kind of thinking about how I can adjust that. But sure. So that's, so that's, so in that sense, I'm, you know, I feel fortunate to be able to, you know, borrow space and energy and time, you know, that way and use her kilns. So that's great. Oh. So, so I, that, I did get the binder and Nick, you recorded in here June 13th. 2015, firing number 23. The members were Brinsley, Kabir, Nick, Todd, Zach? Yeah. Zach? I guess Billy... I don't know who wrote this note, but it's like a different kind of note. Raw storm, buckets, no rain. These are like useless information, but... I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, the notes next... that are uh, slowly acquired on a kiln log can be relevant anywhere from completely relevant to just out of left yeah. field. Um, that's the one thing I think I love about kiln logs is just the random notes here and there. I think this you know, is where you things. came also, Billy, because you're recorded. In 13... up here yeah can you hear yeah yeah okay okay so fire number 24 2015 was a saturday july 11th brinsley me billy zach john k claus and nick kabir and todd leach this is when todd used to come out here yeah i remember those remember those those are nice because like we had like an extra set of like amazing brains so it's like it was nice to have those pair of eyes and like fresh brain he would do things differently see things kind of freshly in his kind of expert way but he had like this medical condition that he it was hard for him physically to keep coming to those firings and he gets so like excited about them so he kind of like overworks himself so he gets kind of like close to like near one time like it was like a near death exhaustion kind of thing he gets he kind of loses his control and he kind of wants to stoke and gets close to the kill and check every people and like he gets kind of like excited about it oh wow he had to like sort of say I'm gonna step sort of away right now because my condition, you know, if I do that, it really affects my health and my wife doesn't like that. And yeah. So he's not coming to our firings right now, but I hope he's doing well. Is he doing well, yeah. Billy? Yeah, Todd's doing great. He uh, he said he stockpiled Cheetos right before the- Cheetos? <laughs> yeah, he, he like super loves Cheetos, I guess. Um, but yeah, they, they stocked up and he's just been home. And so like Todd and I are talking about the same thing because, you know, Todd's a maker, Todd Leach in uh, studio at home and they have electric kilns there and they do cone six, just like you, Nick and, and you, John. And that's cool. Um, but he makes these bigger pieces and we always gas fire them here at the studio. So we're talking about he and I like, how do we fire here you know and a gas kiln is a different situation like you kind of do the settings and walk away from it and you just check it as you go uh, yeah you know right. but even still um how do you do that like 
and the loading is really the big question. Like when you're trying Uh, physically, like lifting those motherfucking heavy yeah. shelves, like shelves and like God, those gaudy ones. Mm-hmm. They're so yeah, humongous. Dude. Fuck, it's that's really challenging yeah, to do on your bad. own. It can be done on your own, but it's like it's. I don't know how you do it, Billy, because like you need some kind of counterweight or yeah, some place to put your like weight in. I think yeah. if maybe if we just work in teams of two. And yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, I would love to fire something in the gas kiln, dude. Fuck. Yeah, I know that would be so cool. Can I drop off something, Billy? Yeah. (laughs) We uh. Yeah, you'd have to talk to Todd Leach. I don't know about all that, but we. You're not planning a firing soon. I'm actually blazing and firing today, but it's like, what? Yeah, I'm in the middle of this big order, and so like the last, yeah. the last kill mode I did, there were like 58 giant bowls in it, and a bunch of other work. Oh, those glorious pasta bowls. Yeah, but I mean that fills like the whole kill. Really nice. So, thanks. But yeah. How are we gonna do this, guys? Seriously. So down the road. One of the stumbling blocks that I ran into, and I don't know if you guys have run into this, but like Ohio Ceramic Supply is closed, and so is uh, Columbus, and so is Standard. And so um, if you get clay out of a box, you're kind of at a crossroads of like there's no toilet paper left. You know what I'm saying? Oh. So do we all start? Well, I thought you could phone order and pay online or over the phone and pick up the stuff at Ohio Ceramics. You can, but I mean, you can only pick up so much at a time. And they can't... I mean, whatever like that right fits now, your car. They're just like drawing from the inventory that they have. So once they run out, then yeah. that's that. Yeah. They're not so, getting shipment, you mean? I don't think so. I don't think so. They can though, right? Um, no, like nothing can go out. Probably. Wow. Like that, because that makes me think of Cornell Studio Supply in Dayton, where I've gotten uh, clay recently. I got like 400 pounds of clay recently. And, um, you know, it makes me wonder for them too, their shipments, you know, how are they going to get more clay? Um, the way we had to do it, we had to order ahead of time, pay over the phone, um, and then come pick it up and they would just load it into our car. Like we didn't get out of our car. We didn't you know, do anything. Um, I actually didn't go when we went, but that's kind of how it yeah. came. So, yeah. Oh man. That's- well, eventually, if that doesn't change, I think we'll all just have to go to wild materials. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, like, do your own clay. Like, Damn, I'm like right there right now. I'm like digging the fucking clay here, dude. Sweet. You're already a step ahead of the curve, John. I'm like, I'm because I, <laughs> when Ohio Ceramics closed a couple weeks ago, I bought whatever raw materials I thought I needed, you know, for like glaze. And I was thinking of like digging clay here. So I got material to add to it, like fire clay and sand. And I think I could use it here. Yeah. So I'm looking for. I scouted this place out back in the woods. So I dug up like a shovel, you know, like bucket full of... So I'm kind of playing around with low temp clay. Yeah, did you... And I might do like a pit firing uh, kind of a situation. Did you blunge it? What I'm really after is the gray clay underneath, which is brown. I want to get to that stoneware layer, which is like grayish really in color. Yeah. John, when you process the clay... And Brinzi said you... he's seen it, and he made stuff with it too, so... I'm trying to... I'm trying to get to that. Because Ohio is a good source of clay, like right here, right now. Mm-hmm. It's always been. Oh no. 
<laughs> that was a pretty hot pocket of dead air there. Um, so, John. Oh, you, we think? lost John. Okay. Yeah, we lost John. Um, hopefully, hopefully he can yeah, come back. I think he I have to send him back. a thing, so I'm just going to do that. Okay. Um, Nick, are you, like, out on the hunt for wild clay? Um, no, not at the moment. I'm, I still have enough clay that I don't, that I don't need to do that. I'm sure there's actually some places close by that we could, that, um, that I've gone before to get, um, clay. And it sort of has this grayish blue color to it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, John, you're back. John. I'm back. Uh, Auto-tune. and that's when you have a weird connection so totally (laughs) I can't work with that Um, guys, maybe we should come back to this at a later date. It seems like it's kind of unraveling. It does seem to be unraveling a little bit. Um, but um, I guess real quick too, Billy, you've kind of been sort of the director, the leader of this conversation. Yeah. And uh, I just want to take a moment to ask you a couple questions too. How's it been for you? adjusting to this i know you've been working a lot in the studio i've seen a lot of the stuff you've been making through social media you know it seems like you're firing and making and kind of keeping yourself busy that way are you staying um sane comfortable you know happy all the yeah, important things thanks um yes so i kind of lucked out because i at the beginning of the year i started on this job that i did a couple years ago for a company and it was a big order. So it's like uh, um, 400 pieces. And so I'm throwing those pieces and doing the, and firing them and stuff. And so that was good because the my teaching job, like we taught virtually this semester, but for the summer, those classes aren't gonna make like um, Cuyahoga Community College for sculpture and ceramics and 3d media they canceled all the classes for the summer so it's a drag but um it's gonna give me the opportunity to spend my whole summer here just working and what i'll say is like there are millions of people in whatever city you're in there are millions of people and if you're doing this and you do it and you do it 40 hours a week and you can make enough stuff to um, get that stuff out into the world to, to people that truly want it, you can make a living for yourself. Like you can, but you have to put in the time to do it. And I'm, right. I'm super lucky. Like I've been doing this for five years now and I have a really solid fan base of people that super enjoy my work and we have a really good rapport. And it just yeah. kind of keeps growing and I keep trying to make different things and really put my heart into it and uh like i said everyone's been super supportive so like as orders people send me orders all over the place like through the website through instagram through email people will text me stuff and i just add it all and it's like a diner like i just have all the things clipped up on the board (laughs) like oh yeah i gotta make those dinner plates that's right and as long as you stay on point with what you're doing, that's the hardest part, Nick. Like staying on point when you're by yourself because the only person that's checking you is you, right? Right. And yeah. if Absolutely. you're like not straight with yourself or you're like three beers into the wind, it's really easy to lose track of time. And that's one of the reasons I don't drink anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was impossible. Well, I, 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that's wise. I think that's great. I think you know mixing alcohol with you know productive work you know isn't usually a good idea. Um, I mean, yeah. and I'm not like I'm not a hater. I'm not one of those reformed smokers. Like, um, I think. I think alcohol has a purpose for a lot of people. Like it doesn't work for me, but it works for a lot of people and that's cool. So future, I mean, there's so much misinformation out. Like, what are you looking at? Like what's guiding your um, conscious day to day? Are you inundated by kind of the stress and the drama of all of this? Or have you found yourself on some other kind of enlightened elevated plane in thinking about it i mean what's what's kind of the way you cope with all of the things taking place in the news right um yeah i mean that's a very good question too i think for me it's it's sort of a combination of things i think on one hand um you know i you know i have a i have a hard time dealing with it in some cases because you know i can't I can't see my friends, you know, I have to be careful when I, you know, see my parents or when I have to, you know, go to the grocery store, you know, or I can't participate in the same activities, you know, I'm not going to school anymore, like I'm teaching through a virtual platform, you know, all these things, it's just been kind of, kind of different, you know, very, very different, um, you know, I've never, I don't think any of us have ever really experienced anything like this, um, but I think for me, keeping myself in you know, I've been spending a lot more time on the computer just inherently with what I do now and now. And that's given me time to, you know, kind of relax and, you know, I listen to music um, and, you know, I've been doing research on different ceramic artists, and finding, finding more and more inspiration for myself. And I, that's, that's guiding some, you know, productivity down the road. Um, you know, in the studio, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, sometimes it's hard because I feel confined and, and then there's other times where it's hard because I feel confined to my workspace because, you know, I don't have the 3 p.m. schedule, I'm kind of doing my own, so I'm kind of figuring out what is okay, how much work for my job is okay, and then, um, for me, with the news and everything going on, you know, I'm just trying to take it one day at a time, protect and care for those that I love, and um, you know, try to be helpful and supportive. And in my own head, yeah, it's crazy. I think for me, music and play has been sort of the savior in this because, you know, to, when I'm done for the day, you know, going outside, doing some gardening, that's therapeutic, that feels good. And, you know, I can kind of empty my brain space and think clearly about things. Same thing goes for when I'm, you know, going down into the studio and I'm making work. It, it, it's almost like a relief. Like it's this sort of release of the stress of, you know, what's gonna happen next or how bad are things gonna get or any of those questions that we might have running through our head. Um, so I think, you know, that those combinations of activities help me process what's going on and in the end make me feel better about it. Um, I think the one thing I will say, though, is the one thing that I can't replace or as far as things are concerned, the idea like... No, we can't fire together. I can't go hang out with my friends. I can't come and see you guys. You know, I can't go visit friendly, you know, or, you know, come hang out. Like, and I think that's just really hard. The idea that, you know, we have to keep ourselves from each other because of this and for our own safety and our own health and, and all that. And it's just, you know, I don't know. It gives you a whole new idea about, about the friends you have, the people you care about and you love. And it, I think it exposes how important those aspects of your life really are, you know. Damn, that was that was wildly accurate <laughs> and, <laughs> and thorough. But so, Nick, let me ask you this: like, what are you doing for food? This this is a question I just have been wondering. I, I think everybody's dealing with it different ways. Do you go to the grocery store? 
are you growing your own food or do you have food delivered um, or what? Well, right. Um, well, we're starting a garden, you know, but it's still too early in the season for a lot of things. So while we've started a garden, nothing is really produced yet. So, yeah, you know, I'm still kind of having to go to the grocery store like every other week or a week and a half or so. You know, I'm not, I don't go to the grocery store and just stock up on like ridiculous amounts of food. Um, you know, I'm trying to do it carefully. I wear a mask when I go. Um, you know, actually that my mom made me. It's actually kind of cool. Um, nice. Handmade mask. That seems to be like a thing right now. Yeah, it is kind of a thing. You're around social media, like homemade masks and stuff. Yeah. But you guys, like, we all have masks from doing pottery, right? Like, did you guys have respirators? Oh, those, um, those, like, heavy duty. I have two kinds, like the paper one. Yeah. N95. I have, like, a box of those in the studio. Yeah. And then I have, like, a respirator with cart. You know, like a replaceable cartridge filter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same here. I got those too. I have the um. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys saw it on Instagram, but I have the um six, the three M sixty eight ninety eight, which is like a stormtrooper helmet with the <laughs> with the bayonet cartridges on the side. It's like the full face one. And so when oh this first went down, and I was like super bugged out about it, so I would just wear that. I would go into the grocery store with that on, and people were like, "What the?" Fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like guy, it's super right? intense. It's like um, they would use it. Like SWAT teams <laughs> would use that, you know. But like I'm not right. taking, I'm not taking chances. Yeah. So. Well, you're smart. I think. Do you get a look when you walk in? At first, like when this first started, I used to, people would say things or make remarks or, you know, weird looks. And now it's like, it's so commonplace. I think the people that everybody are looking at more now are the people that aren't wearing anything. Like, you're absolutely right. Yeah, like, I like what the yeah. fuck, right? Grocery store this morning, and I saw like half a dozen people that were in there just breathing regular air unfiltered which seems pretty normal but um you know the way this thing works and like what they know about it and what they don't know about it i saw these videos of um, particulate transmission and this is like a thing we think about in pottery like with dust and all of those sort of things like micro micro particulate like silica particles and things like that like it's everywhere and although you might not visually see it you could be breathing it in you know yeah yeah talk to um john paulo he has like this like lung condition i don't think it's silicosis yet but it's like he's been breathing in a lot of clay dust his all his life I think he is in his like late sixties, I would guess. Yeah, he actually called while while we we're on this chat. Um, oh, really? Yeah, he's supposed to come over and fix my kiln, and I've been waiting to talk to him since September. But we're on this phone call, so I told him I call him back, and I hope he picks up the phone. But yeah, I don't know if he will. Yeah. <laughs> He is a hard one to reach. He is. He's like the only guy in Cleveland that can fix kilns. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Damn. We are kind of running out of everything here, man. Shoot. Well, let's get back to the questions, Billy. Sure. Yeah, John, go for it. So we did the where. Where are you? Maybe I want to go with like the classic... uh, who are you, Nick Haynes? I don't think we touched this in this episode. Yeah, I don't think we have. So maybe, um, what do you want to present to the world when someone asks you, who are you? I am Nick Haynes. I am a teacher, uh, inspirer, uh, educator, and a ceramic artist. 
is it in that order or um i think you know all are equally uh important and i'll actually go in and, and edit that i'll just say artist because instead of ceramic artist because and this is why and it's it's comes back to my teaching like prior to being this sort of k-12 teacher i was certainly just a you know a ceramic artist but now the reason i feel like that's opened up or become more broad is everything else i'm doing which is more you know 2d painting drawing watercolor that than i've done for the past 15 years of my life yeah so incredible yeah. but yeah, I would say either of those are, you know, they're they're independent from each other and also interconnected, but also equally important. Yeah. Photography. So you do photography, right? I have in the past. Yeah, I've done some um, black and white, um, thirty-five millimeter film. I've experienced in high school doing that and in college, and that was really fun. Recently, have you been shooting? Uh, no, we don't have any more film. It's kind of, these days it's kind of hard to get 35 millimeter. Uh, you like shooting film only? Uh, well, you know, I think when I do that, I feel like that is more raw. Uh, that, or that platform. You like the tactile? Besides the camera on our phones, you know. Yeah. Um, my brother and Camera on the phone is good these days. Yeah, they are pretty good. I think for me, you know, because because I don't have that tool, that digital camera or, you know, whatever, um, you know, to me, I see, I, I think in today's day and age, I'm uh, naturally just forced to see yeah. um, the camera as a tool. Yeah. And um, just like the tools we have for clay, um, you know, sort of capture an image, the tools we have or, you know, creating an image of, as well, except in clay. I hear that. Mm, me yeah. too. Yeah. All right, well, that is who Nicklin Haynes is. And where, when, what might be a good one. What are you... You get to pick maybe what are you doing or what are, what are you being what are you making any of those would be a good sort of right okay um i, I think by what you do and what you make um helps build um the idea or characteristics of, of who you are at least for other people and how they see you mm -hmm. so i'll describe i'll describe what i um what it is I do and what I make. I, um, primi primarily a ceramic artist making uh, functional and sculptural ceramics out of clay. Um, and, you know, wheel thrown, hand built, um, you know, multiple techniques to the form that I aspire to. Um, very much inspired by human anatomy and, and botanical references and that um, those references often find their way through, um, become visible through my creations. Mm. Um, and I'm also a teacher, so I teach art. Nice. I love that yeah. human anatomy and botanical. Um, yeah, I, that really resonates in your work, Nick. Thank you. Something organic yeah. about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure something alive but like abnormality is something that interests you obviously right yeah what is it that gets you there that that kind of gets me because that sort of abnormality is um really focusing on the at least from my thesis and kind of and even post thesis and what i'm even doing now has a lot to do with abnormality and for me that um you know, that's sort of our, where we find ourselves in, you know, our existence and the effects of that, you know, us as, you know, the human race, what, um, you know, things in this world that we have done that have caused the world to, to, to have to adapt for other species to have to change, to, 
either become extinct or to adapt either through mutation, adaptation, you know, these pushing these species to extremes changes um, their genetics and thinking about how we're, we're causing that, you know, thinking about our effect on the world, on the planet, you know, thinking about positives, negatives, you know, is this beneficial or is this, is this a symbiotic relationship or is it um, parasitic, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's what abnormality, those are the questions that abnormality is asking and thinking about, you know, how can I sort of uh, exercise a almost uh, critical um, examination of this and create sort of a hyper-realistic visual of, you know, the what could be, as it were. Um, you know, what could this end up, the end result, you know? Um, how would different how would different plants look or vegetation look, you know? You know, how would that affect us, you know? Thinking about genetically, modifi- genetically modified um, organisms and things like that, you know? What's the, what's the cause and effect down the long road? What is that, you know? And I'm obviously asserting more of like, that sort of hyper-realistic science fiction exaggeration, but it's something that I've Wow, that's really great. Nick, that's time. like super so relevant in regards to where we're at right now. Like the speculation of like, how will this go? How will this evolve? What, like, so I, right. I've been thinking about your work and you know what really blew my mind recently going kind of, kind of um, thinking about your work, but also thinking about Brinsley's work. Um, you know, a few yeah. years ago, yeah. Brinsley started this series. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but he said it was called The Parasites. Do you remember that? And it was about it was about these yeah. objects the that would kind of like yeah. latch on to other things. And I don't know in what regard mm-hmm. he intended that when he started making that, but man, it really makes me think about this virus because the the little parasite things that he makes yeah. actually yeah. look like the coronavirus. Like they're these little spiky kind of balls. They do. Yeah. It's so eerie. Yeah. A premonition, yeah. a future memory or something. It was already yeah. like channeling yeah. well, it back then. You start to know. You start to know. Like when you're really deeply connected to what you do. And I think there's um i think there's connections between your work nick and brinsley's work and i think a lot of our work but you know what you said nick about where this all goes i think that's really poignant like where does this go have you started to think about that and yeah has that started to show show up in your work yet or not Um, I, I think that I'm still, that's something that I'm still working on. I think that right now I've kind of been, you know, as an exercise playing with form. And I think, um, methodically that's just a routine, like an exercise, like we get on the wheel and we throw and there's, you know, forms that we make and, you know, it's just routine, you know? So for me, I think that on a spiritual, mental progression kind of level, I don't think that I've internally made that gap of, you know, that end result. Like, right. okay, so then what will it be? You know, I, I think I've merely proposed um, the question and possibilities, but not the true end, which I think that's a, that's a really good point too, Billy. Maybe that's, I think for me, and I think this is where this is so beneficial and helpful to be talking with, um, in this moment, two other very talented and um, wise ceramic artists and friends, you know, getting that kind of feedback, that idea that, you know, well, Nick, have you thought about that? You know, that's something I think resonates with me a whole lot in this experience. And yeah, I think that's well, definitely cool. That's great. I, I think that's one of those things that comes out in the wash. You know, it's like drawing. You can't, True. you can't sit down and like make a drawing. Like you, I think for the most part, when you sit down and you make multiple drawings, kind of like playing music like you don't sit down and just make the masterpiece it's like multiple rehearsals of trying to get the chords right and the progression right and the changes and the intonation and all of these things and then you create this song 
when you discover those things right. it's through the repetition of practice of finding them you know yeah they just, and you just realize just at the end of your life you have been working on that piece yeah. your entire life and then typically dun, dun, dun. you don't even realize it like someone yeah. else shows you so they're like oh nick did you even realize you were doing this and you say oh yeah of course i designed it like that <laughs> of, course. of course i was aware of it right yeah <laughs> it was all a plan divine plan so Lay guys we have right. about um, yeah. a little bit less than 10 minutes here and i just want to make sure we cover anything that um, we might not have hit i mean nick do you have thoughts that you wanted to add or questions or interjections i mean whatever <laughs> Um, I think, you know, this was talked about before, but I think, you know, the one thing, you know, I'll say, I think one thing that's kind of keeping all of us saying, and this is a sort of observation from me, what I'm seeing from both you, John and Billy, you know, um, at least through social media and how you guys stay active and keeping yourselves sane that way, just through action. Um, you know, kind of holding it together, you know, by the brick and mortar as much as you can. Um, you know, I think, I think it's an incredible that you, that you guys are adapting. You know, it seems like things are, you know, you guys are handling that okay. You know, I think one thing that I can't stress enough is, you know, how, how much I miss wood firing and being able to Same, dude. Uh, reconnect Same. with you guys and, you yeah, know, share that vibe. It's really our society so, is even if yeah. you're, you know, and like artists, a lot of artists intuitively are kind of anti-social beings, but we still need some semblance of society or the whole confidence hierarchy of how we see the world and our role in the world starts to become foggy and lost. Yeah. And so, you know, doing things like this, like doing yeah. this podcast, being in the studio, FaceTiming people, doing, um, you know, virtual live things on Instagram. It's some way to connect. Like I've been sending people things in the mail, like postcards and letters and calling people because there was a time before all of this where we didn't have this. We didn't have this podcast. We didn't have, we had like rotary phones, like the internet didn't even exist yet. Right. We yeah, didn't we even didn't have, have cell phones. Yet. It was like somebody would call you and you had no idea and they would leave a message on an answering machine. <laughs> and then when you got home, you were so excited that the light was blinking. You know, and you're like, oh, there's a <laughs> Someone message. Someone calls. What it says. <laughs> and it could be like something or nothing, <laughs> like telemarketers. But that's, that's how we communicated. Right. And that was Hang just up. fine. Yeah. Like we got by just fine. And so now it's yeah. different and here we are and can we make the leap yeah but my question to you guys is like there's supposed to be a second wave of this and so after the second wave what if the same percentage of people that died in the first wave die in the second wave oh my god yeah, second it's, wave it's of the same worse, magnitude actually. That so, is insane in the membrane. You know, in the end, is it like a sci-fi novel where there's like a hundred people left to populate the earth? I can't help but think about all of those sci-fi things like every Twilight Zone episode from the beginning of 1959 on. You know, the <laughs> Where Is Everybody episode. If you haven't seen it, watch that one. It's on Netflix. Right. <laughs> oh my. Damn. It could be, it could be that. Yeah. Same. Well, I I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, that, that would be so catastrophic. That would be crazy. <laughs> but it could. But I mean, the real question I have for both of you guys is like, mm-hmm. what is the utility of worry? Yeah. Zero. Like, how does worry zero, change zero. the outcome of a situation? Only negatively. 
So yeah. it's Almost not always. good for you and it doesn't change the outcome in a better way. So yeah, it's it is. a habit. You're right. So, right. you know, knowing that, I mean, like there's only so much you can control, Jeez. I guess. Right. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think I think the sad part about that though is that because of the world world that we're in now, everything around us is um trying to plant that seed of worry. You know, it's almost so difficult not to worry, you know, like kind of the you know, you see it on the news, you see it even in social media, you know, all these things that are happening. Give um, you a reason to worry about Right. Yeah. So I can see how for a lot of people that can be difficult not to not to you know, to not worry, you know. Um I'll admit I I worry about things. I worry about this, especially Billy, you mentioning the second wave and that that possibility of, you know, tremendous loss of life, you know, and just how crazy um yeah, that's definitely worrisome. But yeah, I guess we just have to learn how to hold it together, you know. Maybe, maybe that's the maybe that's the uh, that's the yeah. key, you know. Sure, just like sanity. try to do the right things and do the social distancing and practice good hygiene and stay sterilized. And... Yeah, yeah, exercise. That's been killing me. Like losing my gym membership was more catastrophic than anything because like the entropy yeah. of your own body is, that's a strange phenomenon to experience. You can exercise at home, but it's just not the same thing. So, um, I want to go out yeah, and walk well, you can again. Walk, you Sheesh. Can go out and walk anywhere. Those like go to, simple things. You know, I think, I think in the second wave thing, they might like close parks and stuff, but for now parks are open. Um, yeah if I go down to the bike trail yeah. just down the road and park my car and walk on the trail and come back that's like zero risk to Brindley, I would right? still like I when I do that I always wear a mask but I don't have it on the whole time but if I see yeah that's when someone comes within a, 20 approaches you people, I'll put my mask up it, the biggest thing when yeah. like you're out there doing going for a hike or whatever is um most people don't think about this because you're in nature but like don't touch anything like and if you do touch anything don't touch your face like don't put yeah don't Don't put put it in your mouth you mean yeah suck on your thumb don't do it don't do it so i think i'm gonna start doing that but I'm kind of like always trying to minimize my going out. You know, I haven't been, I haven't like used my car. Yeah, no, you two can go out. Now, like you can go for a hike. It's actually encouraged. Mike DeWine is encouraging people to do that. Yeah. Um, you just don't want to be in a place where you're like you're passing all these other people. So, oh, yeah. guys. Well, man, Nick, I really appreciate your time. John, always great to be on the phone here. Yeah. Nice talking, talking to guys. you guys. This is like a yeah, kind of a formal chit chat. Yeah, you know? I feel like <laughs> I have some yeah. restored hope for the future of this that we can all just kind of modify and make our way through. Because I want to yeah. add this, you know, yeah. I think I... somebody, an artist friend of mine, said something recently that they were kind of concerned and worried, and I said, you know, we as artists, our job is is to traverse the unknown and ask questions to answers and go into spaces that people aren't comfortable investigating. Like that's what we do every day. And through the creative process and through the things that we make. And so now shouldn't be any different. And we need to like really pioneer and uh, lead. Now now would be the time to do that, I guess. So guys, shine on, Um, always great, always a pleasure. Be well, be healthy. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, John. And, and Thanks Billy. for coming on the so show, Nick. Yeah. 
Absolutely. We got to talk about Thank like Ryan and Kabir, possibly like maybe we yeah, can <clears throat> The next a lot of episodes. people lined up. Okay, guys, I'm going to sign off, so be well. Later. Okay, talk to you guys later.